There's so much noise and just in sort of digital and sort of the way we do things on social or whatever that you almost kind of do have to be provocative in a way to kind of get some attention. Our culture provides sources of content for advertising. If, if we get to a certain level, then we won't even need that anymore, right? It won't, it won't, it'll just be the norm is diversity versus something that's like exceptional. And advertising shapes our cultural values. Welcome to the Mad Culture Podcast. On Mad Culture, we explore the intersection between advertising, marketing, and of course, culture, because there's always a constant interaction between the three. We're your hosts, Brian Rios and Joshua Grant. Let's get into it. Today, for our main topic, we wanted to talk about um, the intersection of culture and advertising. Uh, does it have a space? How can you do it well? Is it something that marketers and advertisers should even be doing? Um, and everything around that, maybe some examples of it going well, some examples of it going poorly. Joshua, yeah, what, what do you think? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think more so than ever given the, the last year, or I guess since COVID has started, I think there is even more of demand for... Um, advertisers to be sympathetic to the current situation, um, which I think is is only a, a combination of, of just the craziness of the year that we've had on top of the pandemic. And then obviously, you know, racial injustice and Black Lives Matter and, and sort of all these sorts of things, you know, even from going back as far as Me Too, I think there's just this real sense of um, a shift change, I guess. Um, being somewhat America centric, but mm -hmm. but I think that there is yeah there is a, I think even more of a demand, and we're really seeing it this year where you know advertisers are being asked to have empathy mm -hmm. um, and sort of be more understanding of of the struggles that people are going through. Um, both sort of economically and also in terms of mental health, being in lockdowns and things like that. Um, and so, how do you do that effectively? You know, how do you how do you do that without looking like an opportunist? Um, and then on top of that, then you know, you've had all the, the the sort of social movements and protests and things like that. And you know, you I don't know if a brand is able to be silent and not say anything, yeah. but then what do you say? And how do you do that without, you know, if you're a large brand, how do you do that without potentially isolating um, or, you know, um, excluding and alienating like 50% of your potential, yeah. you know, customers? Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's really true. And I think that um, some examples of kind of times when it's gone wrong recently, um, the biggest one that comes to mind is definitely the Burger King print ad tweet combo right. yeah. <laughs> that they put out yeah. where, uh, yeah, I don't even want to say it because like it feels like women belong yeah, in the kitchen yeah, yeah. one. It's pretty, yeah. Yeah. But this, this is one, this is one when you kind of look into the story a bit more. I mean, I think the mistake here was really just in Burger King assuming that everyone who would see that tweet was aware of Burger King's point of view on everything. Yeah. Right. I mean, Burger King has always been very, very good mm -hmm. in terms of like social issues and also using social media as a means to, you know, be jovial and have fun. And yeah. so I think if you were aware of Burger King's sort of whole voice, um, 
this would probably be less shocking because I think you'd see it and go, oh, they didn't mean this. Obviously, yeah. they didn't. Yeah. And then subsequently, you, you find out they more. didn't. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's just the danger, I think, of sometimes also just assuming that, you know, people know where you stand. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I mean, it, it's an interesting thing, too, because, you know, there's so much noise mm-hmm. in just in sort of digital and sort of the way we do things on social or whatever that you almost kind of do have to be provocative in a way to kind of get mm-hmm. some attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that fine line of how do you address a social issue, mm-hmm. be different in doing that mm-hmm. um, so that you get the attention that you wanted to get, but mm. not look like you're being an opportunist. I think yeah. it's a really very particular yeah. thing. And, and like I, like you said, I think there are some brands that do it really well. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you look at, you know, things that P&G has done recently, mm. um, I mean, most of their ads in, in the U.S. are are geared to some sort, of, some sort of social issue, whether it's gender equality or mm-hmm. LGBT or trans rights, etc. You know, Ben and Jerry's has done it well. Obviously, mm. Nike controversially has mm-hmm. done it very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, people burning Nikes yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's it's interesting. I think I think when you're a big brand, obviously, I think you can take a bit more risk. Mm-hmm. I so I read a little bit about at least they didn't. There wasn't much behind like what if it was an agency or if it was in house or who who ended up putting it together. Um, but I know that like the CMO on Twitter. Was, he actually like defended it first. And I, don't, yeah. I don't know if those tweets are still up, but he was kind of like, uh, so I think I actually have the quote. And he said, um, I think the intention behind this idea is great. We're basically investing behind the development of women in culinary through the creation of a scholarship program, he said. The reality is that only 24% of women chefs are chefs in the US and that number falls to 7% if you look at the head chef's positions. So he kind of came out and was like, trying to really justify this and and show like that he he the idea behind it wasn't what everyone was interpreting it as um so i mean he at least knew what was going to run um and i think i think from my perspective the thing that that kind of got me about this specifically was that it doesn't really present like a new take also i think like on women's day specifically if you're going to use something that's like provocative uh i think it's it, it you got to like take the temperature of the room a little bit yeah, like it's yeah. been a tough year like, right right <laughs> i don't know and like it like you were kind of saying like i don't know that enough people would even know the brand's voice and then be able to interpret that in a different yeah. way. Like, and it, it's funny because I think Twitter is also probably like not the arena to do that. <laughs> <laughs> not to test out if people know that you're, you know, <laughs> bigot like, or not. <laughs> like people just retweet and comment on that retweet. Yeah, and so, so fast. there's no context. Yeah. Like you just see that one tweet and it's like, yeah, maybe it would lead people to like investigate further, but like what? What percent? There's a huge fall off of the right, people who right. are just going to see it versus the people who actually investigate sure. further. Um, yeah, and so for for me, I think it like it was definitely a, a miss, but I think that the core idea and what they're trying to do, obviously, they're trying to push these issues yeah. to the forefront. Maybe there is a better way to say that that wasn't just directly lifting that phrase. Like maybe yeah. they could have put a unique kind yeah, of spin on sure. it or something. No, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, it's, 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 
first of all, I think, you know, when we're talking about like why brands should do this, um, there's been a number of different studies recently that talk about this or, or sort of brands involvement in social issues. Um, Cause I think it's something that not only consumers expect, but also I think as advertisers and marketers, we're trying to sort of figure this out as well. Like, is this just a trend? Is this something that um, we should be looking into advising, you know, if you work at an agency, is this something that we should, you know, be pushing more to our clients to kind of push them to do uh, more compelling content. And so there was actually a, a Kantar study that came out last year, like in the midst of, I think all of the Black Lives Matter um, mm -hmm things that were going on in the States. And so uh, this is obviously specifically for the U.S., but in the U.S., 68% of consumers expect brands to be clear with their values. And what's interesting is that number actually goes up depending on the consumer's ethnicity or if they're mm -hmm. part of a minority group. So if you take sort of overall 68% of Americans, but then it goes up to 69% if you're Hispanic, it goes up to 71% if you're LGBTQ+, it goes up to 79% if you're Asian American, which is quite interesting given all of the sort of stop Asian hate things that stop we have going on now. And so this was even pre that, right? Mm -hmm. um, that that Asian Americans still had a higher um, a desire for for brands to to create social content. And then obviously, I would you know, given what's going on in the U.S., eighty two percent of African Americans expect brands to speak about where they stand on social issues. Um, and then it also the number sort of changes based on sort of generational demographics. So forty two percent of Gen Z totally makes sense. Um, but only interestingly enough, 31% of Gen Xers, and then it drops to 22% for, for boomers. Oh, so it's, it's interesting, um, to see sort of that generational mm -hmm. shift as well. Now, I don't know if that's, you, if that's expectation or what about millennials? Were they so millennials, that? it didn't say, um, oh, interesting. interestingly yeah. enough. So I don't know if they're grouping us in Gen Zers or maybe that's millennials yeah. just don't matter. <laughs> Just like a zero percent, um, we're just like yeah, and then you can get it. yeah, yeah. All, all millennials care about yeah. everything all the time. <laughs> um, but what's also interesting is then the combination. So, like, if you have so African American Gen Xers actually have the highest composite score mm -hmm. um, versus African American Boomers, which are actually oh, slightly yeah. less. So it's like kind of even when you start looking at across like ethnicity lines, mm -hmm. it changes depending on age. So if you're a young, you yeah. know, black man, you care more about that than if you're an older black man. And I don't know, maybe you just kind of think like, you know, this is just the way the world is and so whatever. But so it's quite interesting um, to sort of see that. So there, there is. So it's what's interesting about the study is it shows that it's it's not really coming from nowhere, you yeah. know. And I'm sure that brands are also reading this mm -hmm. and sort of having discussions with their creative teams and marketing teams about what they should do. Um, and I think that you know I think that this will continue for a while. And I think the point also is that you know if you're a per, if you're a minority group. Um, I think what you really want more than anything is just to understand that it is the brand that I'm using, whether that's, you know, from toilet paper to clothes or whatever, is the brand that I'm using, I think, first of all, what does it say about me um, in terms of, of the values that I carry? And then also, 
um, I want to ensure that this brand, that my money, so if, I, if I'm using my consumer dollars to um, show my values, I want to make sure that the brand that I buy is not either A, you know, contributing or financing or doing um, types of programs and things that are, that are uh, going to harm me and my community, um, but also I want to make sure and make it clear to everyone that by using this brand or not using this brand, that this is a reflection of my values. And so I think it's quite interesting. Um, the other thing is there was a, there was a recent study done, um, in the UK where it's still people can, people care about, um, you know, social issues and brand values. But in the UK, it was slightly higher also the concern about the quality of the product. Mm. So now I think brands are going to have to do both, which is, you, especially if you're kind of a, a smaller brand, you can't rely on the social issues Just driving yeah. your, I mean, of course, you're going to get social conversation mm. and there's going to be, you know, retweets and hashtags and likes. But I think ultimately also, particularly in a COVID type of situation where I think people have been squeezed economically, mm -hmm. um, they're also looking for quality. For sure. And so there's a real balance with brands and sort of, I think now communicating specifically what you stand for as a value of mm -hmm. the, the sort of raison d'etre of your company mm -hmm. and uh, that your product is a good one and deserves to be purchased by the consumer because, you know, you're alleviating some of that stress of wasting money on products that don't work. So I thought the study was just quite interesting. Yeah, super interesting. Tom's would not be able to make it into this <laughs> market, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because Tom's were, what, why are you saying that? Because of the quality? Yeah, I just felt like Tom's quality, like, my pair did not last long. I had, like, one blue pair. Yeah, was, like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like, there's, a, I mean, Tom's is a perfect example of, I think, a really great intention, a really great story. Um, a really great um, sort of uh, existence or a reason of existence mm -hmm. behind the brand that just the, the, just the product they sold just became less interesting. Mm -hmm. And also just kind of, I'm going to pay all this money for these basically glorified slippers, which yeah. I love, yeah. by the way. <laughs> but it also, I think the other thing with Tom's is, and I don't know, I mean, this is just my opinion, so I don't want people to come at me, but... Tom's also, it was philanthropy in kind of a very elitist way mm. because it was so, the, the shoes were, you know, if you walked around the city, people wearing Tom's were, you know, hipsters and mm -hmm. yuppies and people who had the money to spend on those types yeah. of shoes. And so it was this weird balance where I'm not saying that Tom's was not authentic, but it was. I think the level of sort of brand appreciation or not brand appreciation, that's honestly, I think the level of um, authenticity around mm -hmm. brands getting involved in social issues, um, I think is very, it has become very much focused on domestic mm -hmm. as opposed to what I think Tom's represented was like telescopic philanthropy, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm going to do this and then kids in Africa are going to get a pair of shoes. And I mm -hmm. think if you look at kind of the social issues now, mm -hmm. it's very much around about dealing with the issues in your country, mm -hmm. right? Whether mm -hmm. that's the U S 
whether that's Japan, mm-hmm. you know, um, what you're seeing in terms of, mm-hmm. of, of Japan in of itself slowly moving towards, you know, ads, um, having more context than just like 15 seconds of like, this is the product and this is what it does and you should buy it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from the, from, you know, the Nike commercial to, mm-hmm. um, you know, recent commercial uh, that was released um, by Pantene um, that dealt with, with trans issues. So mm-hmm. I think that's what you're kind of seeing is, is, is brands should focus less on and it's unfortunate to say because I do think there's a place for both. I think there's, there's a place there, yeah. for, for you know, helping people and, and being very cosmopolitan around, um, you know, wanting to have and help people beyond your borders. Mm-hmm. But I think there's recently because I think people are, again, really suffering dom- domestically because of COVID. I think mm-hmm. that racial injustice and, and, and social issues and LGBT issues and, and gender equality issues, they're all very specific to where a particular country is at that moment mm-hmm. that I think that's what you see more of is, is sort of not only brands needing to take up social issues, but focused on what is the brand focused on in that particular area or in that particular country or society and and how uh, what's their sort of point of view on that, which I I think is 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 interesting. Um, you know, when I was growing up, you know, Chick Fil A yeah. was um, and, and their chicken is so good. It's and so good. So it's good. So, I know so exactly. Good. Yeah. And I remember, um, like, you know, they were in the mall and they were closed on Wednesdays and Sundays, and yeah. I never really kind of understood. And then you know, later subsequently, as I got older, someone's like, oh yeah, because you know, Chick Fil A is a very religious company mm-hmm. and very Christian company. Um, and then what happened is like, you know, as you started to realize what had happened, like what was going on and, and, the, and the comments that, that were said by, by the CEO at the time. Yeah. And, you know, I remember actively deciding like, I won't yeah, buy Chick-fil-A yeah. because I just thought, why would I give money to an, like a company that doesn't, you know, um, support me and it you know it's weird this like question of support too because it i don't necessarily mean that like they have to support and give money to causes but don't (laughs) give money against me you know what i mean like yeah you can be neutral i have no problem with a brand being neutral it's like look this isn't our place like we we're just trying to sell you sheets like we don't know (laughs) like we don't know like who you sleep with on those sheets is your own business like we're just neutral (laughs) Um, but if you're like actively giving money to organizations that are trying to do something, um, in opposition to that, I think that's where it gets a bit tricky, but, um, yeah, it's, it's so interesting too, because like, I totally feel you on the Chick-fil-A thing and like, even this is like a bit of a tangent, but like, even like when like, like one of my favorite musicians got canceled, um, and it's like a band I grew up listening to. And uh, when I when it happened, it was like tough because it felt like if I continue to support them and listen to them, like what does that really say about mm-hmm. me as a person? Yeah. And like what is it, like if even just listening to them, like people are like, well, you can stream their albums or whatever, but like they're, yeah. I'm still giving them money, like in some sure. indirect way. So I'm supporting this like abuser or something like that. And yeah. so it's like Well, and that's yeah. I mean, that's you know, sometimes I 
I have to admit, sometimes I hate when when I hear things like like diversity. Mm-hmm. Like we need more diversity in the mm-hmm. office, and you're like, oh, so that means you just need to go find some people of color to sprinkle <laughs> yeah. in the office, right? Um, <laughs> take some pictures. Yeah, like, take some pictures. Um, what, what, because it it gives this sense that like you know, there is a normal and then there is diverse, right? Oh, this is the normal way and then, like, this is diverse. Mm -hmm. And actually, all it should be for me, I feel like, is Mm -hmm. that, you know, your company should be reflective of the way the world is and the world is diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason I say that is, you know, one of the arguments that was made... um, toward like like when the when the i guess one of the biggest sort of blunders in this area was the kendall jenner pepsi commercial right and so that was something that was you know and a creative idea that was in-house that was done completely within pepsi Mm -hmm. um and again i don't know if there were different people in the room or who was in the room Mm -hmm. but one of the arguments for diversity i think it's not not necessarily diversity of people, mm-hmm. but diversity of thought. For sure. That there should be someone in a room that's, you know, you show this to people and, they, and someone goes, mm, I get what you're trying to do here, <laughs> but maybe someone could take this a certain way. Yeah. I, again, I don't think that mm-hmm. when brands are doing this, they're intentionally trying to offend people. I don't mm-hmm. think that any brand goes out with the idea of, of offending, but mm-hmm. I think they just tend to make mistakes um, because there aren't, there isn't sort of a second set of eyes or a red mm. team that can sort of view that through a different lens. Mm. Um, and for example, Dove, who has done really great work in this space in terms of what what's beautiful and, and sort of um, focused a lot on, you know, beauty is on the inside and, and outside. Um, they've stepped in it before with sort of, um, ads that they've had where they've had to come back and apologize. And, and, you know, again, if you look at similar to, you know, what we were discussing earlier with Burger King, I mean, if you look at, if you, if you know a company, like if you could take a company's entire advertising over the last couple of years or social media voice or whatever, mm-hmm. and look at it, I think, you know, in the, in the case of this Dove commercial, well, let me just set up the Dove commercial first. So, um, it was back in 2017, and there was basically a commercial about um, a shower gel. And essentially what it was, was there was a series of women um, with different skin tones taking off a shirt that was roughly the same tone. Um, and it was talking about um, basically like sort of, I guess, sort of cleanliness. Mm-hmm. And what it did was with the woman, so it started with a black woman and then she took off a shirt that was dark and then it got like progressively lighter Mm -hmm. until it got to a white woman who was wearing like a white shirt, right? And so a dove took a dove. (laughs) I saw the expression in your face. So dove took it down, but it was like, of course, in Twitter world, like it was caught like that. So dove took it down and they apologized. Um, uh, you know, and they were just like, we, we messed up here. We just didn't, we didn't, again, I don't think they intended to offend anyone. I think they were literally just sort of subconsciously just sort of thinking about it uh, or just sort of running that commercial. But yeah, it was offensive because the idea was, ah, cleaner skin is whiter skin. Um, why couldn't it have gone the other way? Right. Um, and you know, I've seen commercials about, skin color that are like blatantly racist i'll never forget there is a 
I will send you the link after. There is a um, Chinese commercial mm -hmm. for a laundry detergent. It's one of the racist commercials I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. So they basically, <laughs> this lady takes a black man and throws oh. him in the washing machine and pulls out a white man. And she's like, yeah, he's like sweet and cute. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Uh -huh. um, so, so yeah, but I, I think that's the thing with, with brands. Um, you know, I was going to mention um, also H&M. Um, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was a there was a big controversy because there was a picture of a, 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 a little black boy and uh, he had um, the jungle, a, monkey, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a monkey on the front of his hoodie and it was yeah. like king of the jungle or whatever. Yeah, and people yeah, yeah. went crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, are you trying to equate black people to monkeys? And yeah. I, you know, I... I think it's, 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 again, you know, you have to think, okay, did that, so did that person do that because they literally wanted to be offensive or is it just the idea that maybe the person who, and this is, I mean, this is the call for why brands internally or agencies or whatever should be more diverse, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that that person, and this is just my opinion, I don't think that that person put that hoodie on the boy thinking, ah, black people equal monkey. Look, that's funny. I think probably subconsciously, because maybe that person doesn't have black friends or have mm -hmm. people around them that um, have sort of different points of view, probably put that on that little boy thinking, yeah, th this makes sense. And he's cute. And it's king of the jungle. And jungle is like Africa. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't think that there was like, because why would you do that? Why would yeah. you produce anything that's going to, that you know is going to be backlash and offensive? So yeah. I just, but I, I think this is why there is this call for, again, diversity, because I think that when you around people or have experiences with people that don't look like you that don't have the same background as you i think it gives you a bit more worldliness and so when you translate that into advertising i think it's the same logic you know yeah. if an agency is filled with you know like middle class white men mm -hmm. you're not going to have first of all you're not going to have that much interesting work and second <laughs> of all um, you just don't have people yeah. sharing ideas and talking about things yeah. so that you can pr actually produce work that, that, that speaks to the market. So, yeah. For sure. Something that um, I want to talk about, it's a little bit of a tangent, but um, sometimes there's like, I feel like even if there is diversity, I feel like that the power balance can almost affect, like, even if there was someone who was working in H&M that was black or POC and, like, saw that, and, like, there's almost, like, a pressure uh, that at least I've experienced to where, like, if someone, like, if you're in a room and there's, like, a slightly racist joke and you're kind of the butt of the joke, you kind of just have to, like, play along a little bit yeah. and, like, just kind of, like, laugh with everybody, even if, yeah. it's, even if you're like, ooh, like, that was probably not yeah. really okay. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I feel like if, if there isn't enough diversity or that equity, like, that power balance can really weigh heavily and kind of limit those, that what the value of the opinion or what you feel your value is in, in like, a, like, a setting like that. Um, and so... I think things can get kind of approved or run through and all the way out the door to, to being on Twitter or being online. And, uh, and even if there is like a moderate amount of diversity, like 
maybe there was like a pressure to not really say anything. And um, yeah, and so I think that what, what we really should be pushing for is that equity, um, that, that, that we understand people's differences and we really want to honor them, but also like give everybody that, that balance of power so they feel comfortable enough to actually say like, it's not okay to run this dumb <laughs> ad of like yeah. of people yeah. getting lighter as they get cleaner. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I, I have like two thoughts on, or two questions. Mm-hmm. So I guess I have a question for you, which is mm-hmm. then, do you think what you see now going on with like agencies mm-hmm and brands hiring chief diversity officers Mm -hmm. and like putting them on the Mm c-suite do you think that that do you think that really will have an effect Mm -hmm. do you think it's is that what it's trying to do is like even the playing field because you know that could be i don't know if that depending on the roles of these chief diversity officers is that like is their job to to fill the office with you know from an hr perspective Mm -hmm. to fill the office with with um you know people from varying backgrounds mm-hmm. and 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 colors and thoughts and again i don't think it's just like a color thing mm-hmm. i don't think it means like mm-hmm. we need six black people mm-hmm. four latino people mm-hmm. four women two people that <laughs> have you know learning yeah. disabilities yeah. one person that's poor two people that are rich like i don't i yeah. hope that that's not what because yeah. that would be a disaster yeah. but do you think that um that's what this is trying to solve for is that equity in terms of giving opinions like do you think all creative will go through the chief diversity officer first i think it i think it definitely helps i think taking like an example in japan of a company that i think is doing it well is um Medicati. like i feel like they have um we actually worked with uh hirona who is i think the lead for the diversity and inclusion team there um has, has done a really good job and, and she she's like amazing and I think that like I think that just having that as a focus um, although I think it can feel kind of like uh, how, how do you say like tokenizing a little bit yeah. where it's like yeah. oh like like if you're hosting like a DJ night you're like this is the women's DJ night and it's kind of like okay well you're yeah. still separating them from yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like they're not the real DJs this is the women's DJ night and so it's yeah. like a little bit it can be a little bit tokenizing it can diminish the effect but I think that just having that forward thinking um, baked into a company's culture, uh, even here, okay, even even at Wall and Case, actually, I think we're we we're not the best, but we're really trying, and it is a focus of of our company to be more progressive and and hire people from diverse backgrounds. Um, and like we have, like I think at one point it was like twenty four different nationalities like working here, um, and we really want people to have that equity and have that feel valued uh that they can and comfortable enough to like share their opinion if we're doing something wrong if we're doing something right um and so i think that just having that focus even if it feels like it's kind of tokenizing i think that it's valuable enough to where because it gives people more of a comfortability to actually speak up yeah so i do think it's valuable uh i don't know what the long-term effect is going to be i mean hopefully it's one of those positions almost that like in like hundreds of years maybe i don't know but like if, if we get to a certain level then we won't even need that anymore right it won't, yeah. it won't it'll just be the norm is diversity versus something that's like exceptional but yeah no i mean i hear you i i i think uh, hopefully that will help and then i also think that you know one of the things that i really try to do um obviously in japan it's it's slightly different right because when it comes to <laughs> 
when it comes to uh, diversity, obviously, just because Japan is mm-hmm. homogeneous, um, you just don't have a lot of that. And and I think that, um, you know, I, whether it's in Japan or when I see ads, um, I always also try to understand and sort of articulate why something offends me or doesn't offend me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think that, um, and I hope I don't get canceled. I do think that we can be a bit overly sensitive, but mm-hmm. I think the sensitivity comes from so many previous kind of brands <laughs> missing the mark, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think as brands get more comfortable and sort of find their footing in this world of of ads with social values and taking up social issues, I think also, I hope that will become less sensitive Mm -hmm. because we know we'll all understand that brands are trying to do their best Mm -hmm. you know and so i think we'll be i hope that we'll be more forgiving Mm -hmm. and sort of go because we've all done it right we've all Mm -hmm. said something where we're like "Mm -hmm, that wasn't wow we shouldn't have said that if you if i wasn't in my group of friends i'd be canceled or whatever so i i hope that what happens as a result of this is that this doesn't from from a marketing standpoint i hope marketers and brands mm-hmm. don't become afraid to to when it when it comes to sort of releasing ads and stuff and and they mm-hmm. can be bold and provocative and i hope that as a as a society mm-hmm. as we see mm-hmm. this this continue that we become a little more forgiving mm-hmm. in terms of like again as we talked about with the burger king example like they just it just was a delivery miss Mm -hmm. it wasn't that burger king was intending to say anything harmful Mm -hmm. i think even in the dove scenario it wasn't Mm -hmm. i don't think they intended i mean they came right out and apologized i don't think they intended to do that and so i hope that we get a little more um patient with each other Mm -hmm. from an from advertiser to consumer as we start to figure this out thank you for listening we are always looking for feedback or questions. Please feel free to send them to b.rios at wallencase.com. Again, that's b.rios at wallencase.com. <laughs>